Welcome to the Self-Reliance Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal, and I am your host to learning how you can create side hustle income. Hello and welcome to episode number 21 of the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal, and I'm your host. Today we have a guest speaker that, man, this guy is awesome. I've got to know him just a little bit. I've only spent, well, not much time at all, but the more that I get to know him, the more fascinating he is. So just the entrepreneur, the serial entrepreneur that he is, the different programs and different platforms that he's working on right now, the companies that he's working to build, it's just fascinating to me. And there is a lot of information that can be consumed and learned from what he's going to share with us today. So I'm really looking forward to this interview, and I hope that you are as well. Without further ado, let's bring on Isaiah Price to the episode. Isaiah, how are you, man? Doing doing great, man. It's good to be with you. Thank you. Absolutely, dude. Well, when I get these episodes started off, I just like to get to know who I'm chatting with. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your background? What is it that you you know like to do for fun? And then what's what's going on in the company world? Absolutely. So I grew up in Springville, Utah, um, right here just in the base of the Wasatch Mountains. And so that is it and always has been just my passion, my love. I I've always been super into the outdoors. I've been um I grew up, you know, hunting, hiking, fishing, camping. Uh, playing sports in high school. I played baseball, football. Um, so I've always just been really active and um, grew up with brothers. And so we were always just, you know, super physical. We, we were uh, wrestling, whatever. I mean, um, it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, fast forward to college. I went to college at Utah Valley University. I started flying. I'm a, I'm a pilot as well. And so I uh, started my flight training when I was in high school. I was 16 years old. I started my private pilot training and then private pilot license at 17. I was uh, I was flying airplanes basically before I was driving cars, which was kind of crazy. But uh, did that. Went to, uh, fast forward a couple more years. I went on a, uh, a mission for my church, the uh, the Latter-day Saint Church, I went to California for a couple of years and then came back and started flying again. And then since then, um, man, I've, I've done all kinds of jobs. I've been all over the place. I've moved to all kinds of different states and and stuff. And then, I don't know, I kind of feel like everything kind of came together to a point where I wanted to start SOFO Survival. Um, I, I think really the big thing was I started to ask myself what – Do I really love to do what is like my biggest hobby and how can I turn that into a business? And there it was. Dude, that's so cool. So how has, I mean, you definitely have done a lot in the last, you know, five, 10 years, but how has getting started with Sophos and then also, you know, you're a family man too. How do you do the balance of everything? How do you run and maintain these different companies, the family life, you're still flying. Like you have what, how many different things that you're involved in? (laughs) A lot, man. So I have basically three jobs, um, two full-time jobs. And then SOFO survival is my, I call it my paid hobby. Um, it's, it really, it's, but it's not really my job though. That's what's cool about it is that I, 
I love it so much that every second I spend working on SOFO survival, it is like playtime. I'm just, uh, I get all like giddy and excited when I start to tell people about it and I light up. Uh, to me, that's a huge indicator that I'm on path and doing what I should be there. But, but yeah, as far as like balancing everything, that is, it's kind of my constant quest, to be honest. I, uh, I've got, uh, a foundry. It's a, it's a sculpture company that I manage and I run everything from the marketing to the production to uh, supply chain management, um, inventory control, all that stuff. Uh, and then the flying job that I mentioned, I'm a corporate pilot. Um, and then, man, I've got my kids too. And that is, it's all, it's a lot to balance, but I, I've learned that I have to kind of, uh, I guess, compartmentalize and, and, uh, schedule out my different uh, parts of the day. So, you know, I'll do my main, my sculpture business in the morning and then in the afternoon and the weekends, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the flying stuff. And then in the evenings after I put the kids to bed or on the weekends, I'm throwing in a little bit of the survival stuff. And so it is nuts, but yeah, it's, it's, it's Dude. fun though. That's kind of how my brain works. I'm constantly, constantly going. No, I know how that goes for sure. So as far as, uh, getting out of bed in the morning, what just drives you to keep going? What drives you to keep doing all the stuff that you're doing? Cause I mean, that's some serious energy that is spent in doing it. It's some serious time, but what just says freaking get out of bed. Let's go. It's go time. That, I honestly, like I've always been a very driven person since I was a kid. I've always been driven. I've been goal or I don't, I don't know if it's, I think it, well, I think a big part of just me and who I am, my personality I came into the world with that. Um, another big part of it, though, was the way I was raised. My dad has always been that way, and he raised us boys with those, you know, instilling those habits and patterns and, and work ethic. And so since I was old enough to, you know, dig holes and plant trees and throw bales of hay and, you know, take care of the animals and, you know, landscape the yard, all that, we've uh, just been doing it forever. And so... I really value my childhood and, and attribute a lot of my work ethic and my drive to that. But um, I think the biggest thing, to be honest, the, the thing that really gets me out of bed is my desire to provide for my kids and to, to be, to live the life that I want. I mean, there's certain luxuries and stuff that I enjoy um, that I want to be able to pay for, but man, I just want to be able to be a good dad. I want to teach my kids those same things and I want to make them as successful, more successful than I am. And, and I, I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's not even really hard for me to get out of the bed in the morning when I, when I think of it like that, you know? No, I love that, man. That's such a cool point too, that you bring up. I mean, you know, I've got one son right now. He's super little, but like my main focus is how can I just teach him to become the best that he can be? You know, how do I teach him to really just take control of his life in the sense that, you know, the sky really is the limit because I feel like today, especially, you know, in the world, there's so many kids that are just tied to the tech stuff and their phones and social media and all this stuff. And they're missing out on so many creative outlets and opportunities for growth. And I feel like that's such an important characteristic, you know, as a father and 
you know, is just having a family is raising kids with strong moral compasses that allows them to take advantage of all the opportunities. Absolutely. And I totally agree. And, and I think to go along with that, one of my um, motivators is uh, in, in working the jobs that I do is it creates a lot of flexibility for me to be present in my kids' lives. Um, I actually, it's funny, the flying job, I used to fly for the airlines and I actually grew to hate, that job really fast because I was gone all the time. Um, it really works for some, some guys and, and gals out there. But for me, it just, it didn't work, man. I was gone, you know, five days a week commuting. I wasn't making very much money just trying to start off in the airlines. And at the point that I was at in my life, I just, man, I couldn't, couldn't do it because I chose that I wanted to be around for my kids be present so that I could do those things we're talking about. So I can be there and, and, and teach them the way that I want to teach them. I, I couldn't do that from the road, you know, long distance. No, that's such a good point. I mean, what would your advice be? You kind of had both sides of the equation, but what would your advice be to somebody that's, you know, they're in a, in a job situation where it's working for them, it's providing for their family, but uh, the time thing, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out the time, essence of being able to spend time with their kids. But at the same time, you know, I think that any time is super valuable. How can you, how could you help somebody in that situation? Just be like, look, here's what you got to deal with. Here's how to take the most, you know, advantage of it and then work to transition into, who knows, maybe it's the side hustle that you're working on to be able to transition out of that. The side hustle is such a good description of that because, um, you, you really have to be willing to put in the extra work. I mean, I have worked, I can't, I can't remember the last time I actually just worked like one job. Um, since I was like a teenager, you know, like I've, I've always just worked so much and, and I, maybe that's just that I'm like overly driven and like, I just have so many things I want to accomplish or that I just can't decide what I want to do. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, as far as the time goes, um, that was so kind of, I guess, rewind to my decision to leave the airlines. That was actually really, really hard and scary for me to make that decision to pull the plug on something that I had been working on for so long. Um, I spent, you know, at that point, I had spent about 10 years in either school or out um, throughout the country flying, building up my, my flight time to get to the airlines. And then all of a sudden I realized that it just was such a struggle for me and it wasn't working. And I kind of came to this fork in the road where it's like, okay, I either continue down this path because I've already put so much time and energy and effort and money into it, or I decide to take this other road and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what I'm going to go do, but ultimately that's what I decided. I decided I was going to, my time with my family and my ability to have my freedom was more important than continuing down this road on the airline the path, you know? And so um, it, it took a leap. It was really a leap of faith for me and just knowing it. I mean, man, a lot of prayer and a lot of um, hard work went into, you know, trying to make ends meet when I decided when I made that decision. But I, I really do feel like 
when you are following your heart and you're following your passions, Hasn't this been a great episode so far? We're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the episode. You, Things just happen, man. Um, the, the, the way you might not always know the, all the steps of the journey, but they appear. You know, Things just tend to line up for you when you're following, those, uh, following your heart like that. Dude, I love that. That's so, so true. I mean, I, I see it multiple times throughout my life too. And I think it's just part of the journey, right? Where you're you're about to take this big life-changing decision and make it. And you're so scared of all of the things that could go wrong. But at the same time, you're just taking action and you're moving in a direction. You're moving forward. And because you're doing that, you know, the opportunities are able to present themselves and you're able to just capitalize on it where if you just sit in that analysis by paralysis state i mean this is a great example i guess would be flying when you're flying i'm sure you've been in situations where you've had to think quick on your feet and how does that apply to you know this decision making ability in your daily life um, and even you know it's funny you ask that question because that i my background in aviation really has a lot to do with the idea behind SOFO's survival. Um, as a pilot, you, when you're starting out, you learn all the basics. You learn you know, about aerodynamics. You learn about lift and thrust and how an airplane works. You learn basic systems and you know, the air traffic control environment, how to talk on the radios. Well, that's all very basic, but then once you graduate from that, you basically, uh, when you start operating on a professional level, you really just drill emergency procedures. You learn all the abnormal stuff that can happen, the stuff that can go wrong, and you practice it and practice it and practice it until you have it memorized. And then it really just becomes a reaction to you when it happens. You'll be sitting in the simulator um, going through, you're on a normal flight, and then all of a sudden one of your engines you know the instructor in the back he fails one of your engines he catches something on fire he fails some instrument well you've already practiced it a million times and so you just recognize the indications of that and you just react calmly um and so that concept is something that i wanted to carry over into sofo survival when it comes to emergency preparedness and you know natural disasters or being caught out in the middle of nowhere when, you know, I don't know, you might just be stranded in your car. You might be out on a hike and you might get lost. Uh, you could be camping and someone gets hurt. Like you're in some situation and if you've practiced it and you've rehearsed it and you know, or you're anticipating that that could happen, you're going to react with a calm demeanor and it's just going to be, um, it's going to be a much better situation than if you had never thought of it before. And then all of a sudden you're like, deer in the headlights, panic moment. You're going to be part of the problem. You're going to make it worse. You're going to freak out. And so that's what I want to do. I'm trying to, I want to instill that practice and that wisdom. Sophos actually is the Greek root word for wisdom. And, and so I want to just instill a, a uh, certain amount of wisdom in people that they can, um, that they can have and create a confidence in their life and in their, you know, outdoor activities. 
Dude, I love that. And that's the coolest part about, you know, the, the true entrepreneur and the true business. Everything has a story, right? The way that it, the idea was born in essence. And that story of Sophos is just so cool. So how did you then transition from idea phase of, hey, I see this as an opportunity to, okay, now I need to actually turn this into something that's real. Like what was that process and how did that work? I mean, just like flight training, you have your your checklist that you have to go through every time you you know, turn on the plane, turn off the plane, everything you do. How did you create that checklist for? It was really kind of a, uh, it's been a learning experience all along the way because I didn't know how to do everything at the beginning. So it was a lot of research as I went. I did realize that, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes comes from Einstein and, you know, he's being a physicist, he's talking about the laws of gravity and stuff. It's a really simple quote, but he says, nothing happens until something moves. Meaning, and you know, and well, there's another law of physics that says an object at rest will remain at rest until acted on by an outside force. Kind of the same concept where I was sitting there thinking about this business and all these things I wanted to do, but it's not going to happen until I just get off my butt and do something. So I started doing, you know, um, research on on all the different subjects i started um, researching competitors i started learning how to um, create an entity a business entity to operate under and i had never done that before but it's just a lot of time on google i call it the university of google and youtube like you can literally you can learn anything on google and youtube nowadays and i really did a lot of that so it was uh it was really me just taking a step and saying Okay, I know I want to do this and it's not going to happen unless I make it happen. And so I just got on the phone. I got on the Internet. I started making calls and really you can't be afraid to put yourself out there and just start asking questions and doing the research. Um, And it'll come together eventually. You know, if you're persistent enough, it'll happen. Uh, It took a lot. It took a lot of uh, studying for me to get my business going, to build my website. I, I learned how to build websites. Uh, so that I can create my own because I literally I did not have the money to, to pay somebody to build a website for me. So I had to learn. And uh, it, it it's actually been really fun. I, I really appreciate the, the journey of it all. And it's kind of brought me to where I'm at now. I feel like I'm a lot more savvy with all that stuff because I put in the time to figure it out. No, I love that, man. And that's really where, you know, this this audience that's listening to the show today yeah, that's where a lot of people are. Some of them are in that stage of, well, I want to start a business, but I don't know how, and I just need to take action, but I'm not sure where to look and all that. And it really just comes down to, or I don't have the money, but it just comes down to, look, just start working and work your plan and then results will come and you'll eventually get to the point where you can start investing in or bringing an outside source. So now that you know how to do certain things, you can have quality control. Whereas before, if you're just like hiring stuff out and you don't have a clue what's going on, I mean, there's stuff I'm sure that could be missed and everything else. And, you know, and you don't get the full, the full opportunity there. Um, so to, let's talk more about Sophos then. Tell me where you're at in the process. What, uh, you know, what's really the main focus of it? What are some of the products or services that you're offering? And absolutely. Hey, just, just one more thought I had on that, you know, uh, starting a business and, and operating it, you, 
there is a definitely a balance there. Like there's a lot of things that I had to learn and, and figure out on my own. But then there's also a lot of things I've realized that I can't be a professional at everything either. I, I've, it's kind of a struggle for me because I want to, I want to do everything my, my, my own way. And I want to be perfect and really good at all different aspects of my business. But that is impossible. You end up, you know, spraying yourself way too thin trying to do that kind of stuff. And so there are certain things that you need to rely on other people's people to do or hiring other professionals. Uh, it could even be just networking with friends. You could get on your Facebook and throw a question out there. Say, hey, I'm looking for an accountant. I've got some tax questions. Who's the best? You can, um, you know, it's just putting together your team of people and resources that are going to help you accomplish what you're trying to do, I think is vital um, because you, you literally can't do everything no matter how bad you want to. You'll end up driving yourself crazy and you'll nickel and dime yourself to death and you'll end up failing because you, you just, you can't juggle that many balls at once. You know what I mean? I'm so glad you brought that up. That that really is, you know, a key. I mean, I've noticed it in different times in my business where I'm like, okay, I've got to let go in order to see this thing grow or even order to, you know, free up the time I need to focus on other areas. And it's super important because, you know, a lot of times too, you know, I love the the quote, um, if you think hiring a professional is expensive, try hiring an amateur, right? And it's the same thing when, when you're learning some of this stuff on your own, it's like, well, I'm not a professional. I'm going to miss something and it may cost me a lot more down the road. So, you know, I think in the beginning, it's okay on a lot of things, but as you get down the road and you grow and you get to the point where it's like, okay, I need to hire somebody, just, just do it, figure it out, make it work and do it. And you'll see the benefit in your business a lot of times where, you know, the, you don't know how you're going to pay them, but the revenue will go up because you brought them on and you're able to focus on money-making activity that Absolutely. actually drives the force of your business. Yep. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth Reliance Podcast. As always, infuse hope to those in need. If you would like to hear the rest of this interview, check out episode number 22 tomorrow morning. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth Reliance Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about who we are and what we do, check out our website, www.selfreliantwealthwealth.com. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.